Were y'all ready to have church? Well, we better look at our big sister so we can make sure she's doing good. She'll check out. How many of you have a big sister? She tell you what to do all the time? No? How many of you's big sister? I have a big sister, and she's probably watching right now. And she's probably going to tell me when, I, when I'm done, your hair didn't look right or your clothes didn't look right or your makeup didn't look right. Or, or, that's a big sister, right? They can tell you anything, right? So well, let's look at our big sister, see how she's doing tonight. There she is. Yeah, she's here tonight. And we know that they're all there tonight. And we also have the Internet. So let's wave to everybody on the Internet tonight. Yes, we know you're out there. And uh, we are excited about tonight. You know, I was a little bit frustrated this week because I knew I was going to be doing tonight, early on in the week, and I just could not get settled about it, and I couldn't get settled about it, but then when I did, I was really, really, really excited about it, and I think you're going to be excited about it because it's something that is very, very, very valuable to us and important to us, and so uh, I don't know if you noticed or not, but we have some of the kids in here. If you're a child or or a young person, uh, stand up. Stand up high. If you have to stand up on your chair so I can see you, stand up. I want to see you. I want to see where you, where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Look at over. We got some over here and we got some over here. Branson, have them stand up. Have them stand up and wave to us. I want to see there too. I want to see all the kids. Yeah, stand up on the chair. I can't see y'all. Y'all get permission tonight to stand up on the chair. You better do it while you can. Yeah, look at Branson. There, there they are. Yeah, there you go. Look at, yeah. All right, that's what I wanted to see. Do you know what? Children, you can be seated now. Thank you. You're beautiful, beautiful, absolutely gorgeous tonight. Yes. Children are very, very, very precious to God. And uh, I think it's almost the heart of God, children, you know. And uh, we're going to talk about some of that tonight, and I think you'll understand why. You know, have you ever been out and about and see like um, something has happened to a child or you hear about something that's happened to a child, like um, a death of a child or something. And it just seems like it hits you 10 times worse than it does the death of a 20-year-old or 30-year-old or 40-year-old. You know, it just kind of gets to the heart of you. Or if you see a child and, and maybe they have something wrong with them physically or something like that and you're out and about, what does it do to your heart? It just kind of, you know, it bothers it worse than it does. seems like if it's an older person or something. It just kind of tugs on your heart. Why is that? Why would that be? Well, because we have a heart like our father's heart. And it's his heart that we have a part of inside of us. And it grieves him also to see children hurt. That's the way he is. And he doesn't like to see any children hurt. And so tonight I want us to talk about some of these things. And I want us to talk about God's children healed tonight. And because I don't believe it's the will of God that one child anywhere have any form of sickness or deformity or infirmity or problem in their body anywhere. And I believe he can help us to see that tonight and show us ways out of it. How many of you are ready for that? Yeah. I don't think that um, we should have to just be taking them to the doctor and they don't have to miss school and they don't have to do all those things that a lot of the world has to do because we have answers and we can see them. Are you ready for them? 
Let me ask you this question. How many of you know what Romans 10, 9 says? Let's put it up on the screen because I think you know it more than you think you do. Romans 10, 9 in the King James Version. If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be what? Saved. Now, how many of you really did know that verse after we put it up there? Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, now put up Romans also uh, 10, 13. Now, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purpose to come to you. No, that's right. I was wondering what we were reading there. Okay. Uh, For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How many of you in here are saved? How many of you young people are saved? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, so I would say, I didn't look, but it looked like the biggest part of the crowd is saved in here. Most everybody's saved, and I would venture to say most everybody in Branson is saved also. So in thinking about that word saved, if you look it up, In the Greek, the word saved, when you very first look it up in the Strong's Concordance, one of the very first things that comes up, how many of you have ever looked it up? One of the very first words that comes up is heal. It doesn't just mean that you're saved from going to hell. It means you're saved from having to be sick. So, how many of you told me that you were saved in here? All right. So that means not only are you saved from going to hell, it means you are saved from sickness. Say, I am saved saved from sickness. sickness. That's me. me. I'm preserved, healed, and saved. And that's what it's talking about in the Greek when it says it. It's a word called, I think it said, sozo. Okay? So go look it up. I am, you know me well enough to know I am no Greek or Hebrew scholar. You know me well enough to know I don't study those kind of things all the time. But that's an important one. Right? So we're going to know that from now on, anytime you see that word that... If you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. That means immediately you shouldn't just think about, when you hear that, I'm saved, you shouldn't just think about, I don't have to go to hell. You should think about, I don't got to be sick no more. If you want to, go home and post it on your mirror. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be healed. It's the same thing. It means exactly the same thing. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be healed. How many is healed in here? All right. I asked you how many was saved. You raised your hand, so how many is healed? Okay, so let's look at it. What I want to do tonight is I want to look at something I don't know that I've ever done before. But what I did is I went through and picked out a few. There's, a, there's, there's more. But I went through and I picked out a few instances of a parent going to the Lord for their sick child. Did you know there were several in the Bible about that? 
that a child got really sick and the parent besought the Lord about their child's healing. And I want you to see if you see a common denominator throughout some of these, okay? Y'all ready? All right. First Kings chapter 17, the NIV. It starts talking about in verse 12. We won't try to read all of these. I'm not going to try to read you all the scriptures like I did the last time I spoke. I want to tell you some stories. So you can even put your Bibles down if you want to for just a minute and just listen to some of the stories. All of these are stories of things that happen. This one is talking about Elijah and the woman from Zarephath that... Um, he went to see her. He had been, you know, out by the brook and the ravens fed him and all that stuff. And then the food didn't come there. The Lord told him to go to this woman and she would feed him. And she says, oh, no, I don't have any food. If I give you food, me and my son's going to die as it is. And he says, give me a cake first. And she gave him a cake. And so then as it went on, um, the woman's son became ill. This is verse 17. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill, and he grew worse and worse, and he finally stopped breathing. Now, what happens when you stop breathing? Okay, you try it. Stop breathing. Huh? What happens when you stop breathing? You die, right? Okay. So when that happened, he stopped breathing, and so she talks to him about it. And then down in verse 20, it says that he says, give me your son in verse 19. And so in verse 20, it says he cried out to the Lord and says, oh, my Lord God. And then in verse 21, the Lord God let the boy's body die. Put verse 21 up there on the screen in the NIV. The Lord, oh Lord my God, let the boy die. No, it says his life returned to him. Okay, so that's number one. Remember that one. They cried to the Lord about this little boy. The mama said he's going to die. The prophet called out to the Lord and the boy did what? He lived. Okay, you ever called out to the Lord about your boy? This was a mama crying to the Lord about her child. What happened when mama cried to the Lord about her child? He got healed. Exactly. Okay? Any mamas in here? Okay. I know, I remember a story. Every time I hear this, I think about this story. And, I, and I'm just going to tell it, and I, I'm sure it's fine, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Um, Keith's little brother... When he was, um, I don't remember how old he was. He was probably mm, between 10 and 12 years old, something like that. Um, he was riding a motorcycle. And um, he didn't have a helmet on. And he came around, Keith grew up in the country. And he came around this dirt road. And when he came around the dirt road, he hit a pickup truck. And when he hit the pickup truck, his head hit the bumper of the pickup truck. And it, I think it, you know, it, it broke him up pretty bad. Well, they rushed him to the hospital, and all these things happened, and, and uh, they thought he was dead. You know, I think you, some of you have probably heard Keith tell the story a little bit about it. Well, anyway, when I hear this, I know his mother well enough to know, what do you think she did? She cried out to the Lord. And he's told you the story about what happened. Well, they cried out to the Lord... 
and he lived. It didn't look like he was going to live. Like he said, they left him in the hallway and worked on somebody else that had been shot. I'll tell you, y'all want to hear the other side of the story? Keith didn't ever tell this part. Can I tell you? It was supposed to be our first date. And Keith stood me up. Now go figure that. He didn't even show up for our date because he was at the hospital. And he didn't even let me know. Oh, is right. No, but somebody else did. So we, I guess it worked out. We're still here today. <laughs> but I, it was very important. And so anyway, his brother got healed. And he's still alive today Amen. and kicking. Thank you, Lord. But, you know, the, the mother cried out and her son lived. Well, let's see if there's any more. John 4, verse 46 And once more he, Jesus, visited Cana of Galilee, and he turned the water into wine, and there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. And when he heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and he did what? He begged him to come heal his son who was very close to death. Now he's talking to who? He's talking to Jesus. And in verse 49, the royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus replied, No, we don't do that sort of thing. God does not heal children. It's not the way it works. Your son's dead. He's dead. Now, wait a minute. Which is worse? A fever or dead? A cold or dead? Appendicitis or dead? Cancer or dead? Polio or dead? Huh? Cerebral palsy or dead? Which of these things are worse? So if God would fix this, would he fix that? If he can fix dead, can he fix a fever? Can he fix a broken toe? Can he fix a broken arm? He says to him, Jesus replied, you may go, your son will live. live. And verse 52, he went on his way. And in verse 52, he asked his people, he said, when did my boy get better? And he said, yesterday at the seventh hour, which was the exact same time. Jesus said, you can go, he's going to live. Now, I know boys... Because I'm married to one. That's the only way. I have two sisters. But I got to hear some of the stories about Keith when he was growing up. And he's not here, so I'm going to tell you about him. You like it? Yeah. I know he has scars all over his body. I mean, he looks like somebody that has been beaten and bruised and beat up in every direction. I know he's got this scar in his hand and this scar on his wrist right here. And, it, and, and you have to wonder, what were you doing? Well, the one on his hand right here, 
it's, it's about an inch wide right here like this. And you think, what could you have done to do that? Well, he and a friend were at the lake one day. And they were out there and they decided they were going to get on these slippery rocks and try to catch fish. Y'all are boys too. Y'all are looking at me like y'all have tried things like this before. Now you have to remember he's from the south where they do these things like grappling. He wasn't doing that, but that's what they do down there, you know. And he was trying to catch fish. And when he did, he, the best I can understand it, I wasn't there then, but he fell and it slit his whole arm kind of hand open. Well, now, you know what? That is not still there today. It healed up. But you know what? Again, I know his dad. He was there with him at the lake. And I know he may have been upset with him that he got hurt on that rock. How many of you are parents? You're not pleased when your children do things like that, are you? You're like, oh, man, another trip to the hospital. Right? But even if you're irritated with them because they did something really, really, really dumb. Now, that was kind of dumb, I think. Don't tell Keith I told you that. He did another one, too. He tried to put an Alka-Seltzer bottle inside of a Coke bottle and split his hand wide open. That's the other scar in his hand. Now, those things are pretty not smart. I married him. I love him. But do you know what? He messed up. Those things are not wise things. Do you know that? And he shouldn't have been doing them. And I'm quite sure God didn't tell him to do them. Do you understand? And I'm quite sure his mother was upset with him about the both of them. And his father was probably upset with about the both of them. About, uh, with him about both of them. But do you think that they took him and took him inside and set him on the sofa and said, now, you just sit there and bleed, boy, and you think about what you did. You deserve what you got. You don't think so? You know what? I know not because I can see the stitches in it. Somebody took him to the hospital and they sewed him up again and paid a hospital bill that they most likely didn't have the money to pay and took care of him and believed God that he'd healed up and got him taken care of. Why? Because they loved him. Sure, he did something dumb and he did something stupid and he was being a boy. And you know what? And he broke his arm and he fell out of the barn because he was trying to... I'm going to tell all of them tonight. (laughs) And he was trying... I mean, he has done it all. He was trying to play some kind of game and he built a pulley and he was trying to pull himself up in the barn. And it's like that... You ever seen Wiley Coyote? You know, he tells the story about it. And Wiley Coyote, everything he builds for, to happen to the roadrunner happens to him, you know. 
and the rock falls on him and then it falls again and he falls and it hits him again and it hits him. Well, that's kind of what happened that day in the barn, okay? Here he is, he's climbing to the top of the barn on a grass rope and he gets halfway up the top and he falls and he hits his head on something really hard and busts the back of his head open. Well, that's not enough. About that time, here comes the pulley and busts his eye wide open. He is all boy, I'm telling you. Well, now, do you think, I don't think it was very long from the time that another accident had just happened. Do you think his parents were happy with him? Absolutely not. I'm quite sure they were not happy that they had to get up and take him to the doctor again and to the hospital again. But do you think they loved him anyway? And that they took him to the hospital. Of course they did. They wanted him well. They weren't trying to keep him from getting better. They didn't leave him there and say, uh-huh, uh-huh, Deb. You, you did it. Uh, you made your bed. Ha-ha. Lay in it with that thing on your head, sissy. <laughs> no. They didn't say that to him. He was a kid. He was a child. How many of you, when you were a child, you did something dumb? Always. How many of you had to go to the hospital when you were a kid because you did something dumb? Yeah. Many a time. Yeah, look at the kids raising their hand. Yeah. Broke your arm, did something, took something, messed up. Kids. Kids. Keep it in mind. Let's keep going. All right. Then here comes another one. Second Kings, chapter 4. Um, Elisha and the Shunammite's son... Um, here comes Elisha, and um, let's see. Um, he goes to this lady's house because she's a good cook, and he keeps going there because she's a good cook, and so she builds him a room on the house, and so he wants to do something for her. So he says, what, what do you need? What do you want? She says, nothing. So he says, Gehazi, go in there and ask her what she needs. Nothing. Well, so then Gehazi figures it out. She don't got no kids and her husband's old. So he tells her, by this time next year, you're going to have a boy. So let's look at here where we are. All right. It says in verse 18, when the child was what? This is NIV 2 Kings uh, chapter 4, verse 18. When the child, NIV, uh, let's see, maybe it's not the NIV. Because it says, mine says when the child was grown. Maybe it's King James. King James, okay? When the child was grown, that means he ain't this way anymore. Right? Grown doesn't mean you're still sucking a bottle, right? Okay? So I'll explain it. You'll see a little bit more about that in just a minute. Um, It fell on a day that he went out to his father with the reapers and he said to his father, my head, my head. And so they carried the lad into his mother and when they'd taken him in, they brought him to his mother and he sat on her knees till noon. So that doesn't mean he's 20 years old either. Do you understand? If he sat on her knees till noon, I doubt seriously it was a 20-year-old or or 16-year-old sitting on her knees till noon. You understand that? So he was still a young boy, right? And then this happened. 
She went and took him, uh, let's see. Uh, they brought him to his mother and sat on his knees. So she went and took him and put him on Elisha's bed. And then, uh, this is the funny part. Kids, are you listening? She said, go get me a donkey. And they went and got her, got her a donkey. And she says, uh, everything's going to be okay. And they got her a donkey. And she went a riding. And she says, boys, put the pedal to the metal on this donkey. And she said, don't slow down. Go as fast as you everly can. And she went and got herself Elisha. And Elisha tried to give her Gehazi, but she got herself Elisha. And she brought Elisha back to the house with her. And what happened? The boy died. End of the story. Right? Because God is not in the healing business and he don't care about kids and he don't care if kids live or die and he don't care about your kids or anybody else's kids. Right? No. He says in verse 34, uh, or verse 33, he went in therefore and shut the door upon him and he prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said, why are you praying to me? You know I don't heal anybody. Verse 34, and he went up and he laid on the child and he put his mouth on his mouth and he put his eyes on his eyes and he put his hands on his hands and he stretched himself on the child and flesh of the child waxed warm. Now, wait a minute. Are they trying to say this child was dead? No. The child was D-E-A-D. Now, what's wrong with your child? Could it have allergies? Could it have had um, seizures? Could it have had headaches? Could it have had, oh, wait a minute, let's get into the new modern age. What is the, the, the kids thing at school? A, a, huh? ADD? Oh, wait a minute. God can't heal that. Huh? He can heal dead, but he can't heal ADD. Right? What about an earache? What about a sinus infection? What about a tumor or a growth? Can he? Will he? Have we seen any kind of common denominator even thus far with what God does? Was there one of these even remotely that he said... No, I, I'm not into doing that. Every one of them instantly was what? Healed. And even this one. This little boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. All the kids sneezed seven times. Come on. Huh? Can't hear you. Some of them are. Yeah, seven times. There you go. And he opened his eyes. So that was another mother believing for her child that died. Does God care about mothers going to him and petitioning him for their children? Will he heal them? Will he save them from death? Absolutely. Here's another one. This is a daddy. And it says, a ruler came, Matthew 9... Verse 18, it says, I think it's the NIV. Um, 
while he was yet saying this, a ruler came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just... What? My daughter has just what? Gotten a headache. My daughter has just died. But come and put your hands on her and she will live. And Jesus said, I don't have time to fool with you. Go away. I'm not into that healing stuff. That was Old Testament. It's done away with. We don't do that stuff. I don't believe in that. Is that what he said? Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Then verse 23. Jesus entered the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd. And he said, go away. And the girl, then he said, the girl is not dead but asleep. And they laughed at him. And after the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand. And what? She got up. Now, does Jesus care about your sick child the way he cared about these, or is he a respecter of persons? No respecter. He cares. Does he care if your child has got one leg that's got a deformity in it and can't walk? Does he care if your child has had nightmares and can't sleep? Does he care if your child has got uh, problems where they can't see or can't hear? Does he care about these things? Why would he heal these kids and not heal your child? He's going to come to you when you cry out to him and say, God, Jesus, heal my child. He's going to say, nope, we don't do that anymore. That's done away with. I'm not into that. Or he's going to say, you got to do this right. you got to do that right. Did he get into that with any of these people? Do you think any of these people might have messed up somewhere? He didn't even talk to them about anything in their lives. He didn't correct them about anything that was going on with them. All he did was what? Heal them. He didn't even know most of them. And he wasn't operating as God. He was operating as a man. And when they would come to him and say, Jesus, my child is sick, instantly he went with this man and he healed his daughter. Raised her from the dead. No questions asked. Would he do that for you? Does he love you as much as he loved that man? I believe he does. Let's look at another one. Matthew 17. Here's a daddy. Verse 14. And when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. And he said, he has seizures and is suffering greatly. And he often falls into the fire or into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Because he's not supposed to be healed. 
it's not your will, but he get healed. So we had it, and we took him to people to try to get him healed, but since it's not your will, he couldn't get healed. We've had this one pray for him and that one pray for him, and we know now it's just not your will. It's not what you do anymore because we've tried, we've prayed, disciples have prayed, some of the best healing people have prayed, and they're still sick. Right? Is that what Jesus answered him? No. No. What Jesus said was, Oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, how long will I be with you? How long will I put up with you? Bring the boy to me so that I can make fun of all of you in front of him and say, No, I'm not going to heal him either. No, he didn't. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed from that moment. Now notice something in this. In verse 15, it said he had seizures. In verse 18, it said the demon out of him. But at the end of verse 18, it says he was what from that moment? Seizures, demons, it doesn't make any difference. It makes no difference what's wrong with your child. Sozo means healed. Do you understand? If you are healed, you are healed. Doesn't matter if it's seizures. Doesn't matter if it's supposed a demon in your life. It doesn't matter what it is. Healing is healing. And instantly you can be set free from it. Because you are already free from it. Because if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be but not from a seizure. But they're grand mal seizures you don't understand. They're the worst kind of seizures. And they've had them since they were born. Right? That's just too difficult. Or I really think they have a demon. They have nightmares every single night. And they're scared of everything. And they won't eat this and they just shake and there's just something wrong with them. I just, in my heart, I really think that they have a demon. Demon healed. Was it in the same sentence? They were healed. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be healed. So it doesn't matter what situation is going on in the person's life. It doesn't matter if they've had seizures. It doesn't matter if they've got a... If they cut their finger when they fell off their bicycle. What parent in here... Kids, stand up again. Let's find out. How many of you, your parents ever, ever poured you a glass of milk? Raise your hand. Or poured you a glass of Kool-Aid or a... Yeah, uh, that's what I thought. Okay, tell me this. How many of your parents ever made you a sandwich or cooked you a meal? Huh. Okay, and how many of you... Are, are, are y'all doing that in Branson? Let me see. 
have the kids stand up. Are they standing up? Yeah. They're raising their hands too. How many of your parents did even this? They made you a sandwich and cut the crust off the bread because that's the way you like it. Look at, look at the hands. Look at the hands. Look at the hands. Because that's the way they liked it. Yeah. And now one other thing. How many of you, your parents, ever helped you learn how to ride a bicycle and took the training wheels off and held it for you while you ra- they ran behind it? Did they do that for you? Why did they do that for you? Huh? Because they love you, but why else? Because you couldn't do it by yourself yet, could you? You maybe couldn't pour a glass of milk yet by yourself. You couldn't make yourself. How many of you can cook a whole meal by yourself? I mean, you, whoa, yay. Look, now moms and dads, you got it. Have them go home and cook you a meal. How about that? We got it on, we got it on camera that they can do it. Yes, it's going to be a good night this weekend. Mom gets Saturday night off. Yes, she does. How about that? It's going to be a great night. I love it. I love it. But why would mom cook you a meal? Because you don't know how yet. You're not ready to do it on your own yet. You don't understand it all yet. Right? You can sit down. Let me read you this next verse. Mark 7 talks about something. And it's funny to me because I thought about something that happened. It says in verse 24, 724, in the Amplified, please, Hannah or whoever's up there. 724. It said, Jesus arose and went away from there to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Uh, And he went into a house and he did not want anyone to know that he was there. Uh, But it was not possible for him to be hidden from the public notice. Instead, at once, a woman whose little daughter was under the control of an unclean spirit heard about him and came and flung herself down at his feet. Now, the woman was a Greek, a Gentile, a sour Phoenician by nationality. And she kept begging him to drive the demon out of her little daughter. And he said to her, First, let the children be fed. It's not becoming or proper or right to take the children's bread and throw it to the little house dogs. But she answered, Yes, Lord, but even the small pups under the table eat the little children's scraps of food. And he said to her, Because of this saying, you may go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter permanently. And she went home and found the child thrown on the couch and the demon departed. Now, I was thinking about this when I was studying for this. And last Friday night, Keith spoke and we left here. And I'll tell you a secret. We left here and went and got a cheeseburger and fries. (laughs) And we went home and ate. Well, we didn't know it. But when we ate, we evidently dropped one of the fries on the floor. 
Well, after we ate, we opened the door and the pups came in. Well, immediately the little girl pup takes something and beelines for the living room. And we didn't know what it was. Well, she got that french fry and she was eating it. Now, let me tell you something. She didn't ask nobody if she could have that french fry. And she was not about to give it up. And she wasn't going to share it with her brother. She wasn't going to do anything with it. She ate that french fry. It was her french fry. And she did nothing to deserve the french fry. She just got it. Well, maybe you couldn't say. Maybe you were in here when everybody raised their hand and they said that they were saved so that they could be healed. Maybe you were in here and you couldn't say, well, I'm saved so I could be healed. Well, I got good, good, good news for you. Maybe you're watching on the Internet and you couldn't say that you were healed. Doesn't matter. Healing is the children's bread. It belongs to you. You got the cheeseburger that was on the bar. That was yours. Because you're a child of God. It's who you are. It belongs to you. But like Jesus said, even the crumbs belong to those that would not be. Maybe you haven't done everything right, but healing is still yours. You can have it. doesn't matter what you've done, if you've done everything right or you haven't done everything right. Casey did not ask one minute if she could have that french fry, and she wasn't giving it back. She took it. And that's what everybody can do. You can have healing. doesn't matter how bad you've messed up. And just like what I was saying earlier about Keith, all the times that he messed up doing all those things, splitting his hand open with that Coke bottle or that Alka-Seltzer bottle, or going and, and swimming and going catch, trying to catch fish and doing those things that were dumb. I don't even know that he was saved then. He was messing up, but he's still healed today. And his mom and dad didn't hold it against him. And that's the way God is with us. It doesn't matter how bad anybody's messed up. It doesn't matter how bad anybody's done anything. It belongs to us. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to do anything to deserve it. And he's not going to hold it against you because you did something dumb. Just like his parents are not going to hold it over his head and say, no, I'm not going to take you to the hospital, honey. You should have known better than that. Why wouldn't they do that? Because they love him. They don't want to see him sit in there hurting. They don't want to see him to where he's got cuts in his arms or bruises all over his body. They don't want to see him just because he did something stupid say, you deserve that. I don't care if you ever get better. You deserve what you got. What parent in here would do that sort of thing? There's not one. That would ever tell your child, okay, you did that, you fell out of that tree, you deserve it. Not one. Because you want your child well. Well, how much more does our Heavenly Father want His children, little children, well? Way more than we do. Let's look at something here. Um, 
You remember the story. Uh, I'll just quote it, but then we'll go on to something else. Turn with me, if you would, to James 1. You remember Jesus even tells us the disciples tried to get them to take the children away. They were harassing him and hounding him. And he said, no, suffer the little children to come to me. He didn't care how much the children were harassing him. He wanted the kids to be able to come to him. And that's what it's about. He said the kingdom of God is like all these little kids. And that's what he cares about. So he cares about your child. It doesn't matter if it's an earache or a toothache. It doesn't matter if it's a bladder infection or what it is. He cares about what's going on with your child. And he doesn't want them sick no matter how bad they've messed up or how bad you've messed up. He wants them well. And he did everything he can so that they can be. Look at James 1.7 in the King James. It says... Every good, uh, James 1.17, I'm sorry, I said seven. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In other words, he's not going to change. Every good gift comes from him. Now, I think... When I read that, I immediately thought about it's Christmas season. And I know, just as a pastor, I think about it. And I think about little kids that might not get Christmas. How many of you have thought about those sort of things? Oh, it's just, it's a sad thing, isn't it? You know? And your heart goes out to them. Now, does your heart go out to the parent as much as it does to the little child that might not get a toy for Christmas? No. It doesn't, does it? No. Your heart goes out to the little child who might not have something to open up Christmas morning. The gift that they would be able to open up. The good gift. Why would you care about that? Why would that matter to your heart? Why would that pull on your heartstrings? Because you have the heart of your Father God. And because it's some of the things that's implanted in you from Him. And He cares about His kids that way. And He does not want them to miss out on anything good. He doesn't want you to be left out of anything that would make you happy. And that makes them happy. To wake up Christmas morning and the gifts that they have to unwrap and to see something that would bring joy to their face. And it brings joy to your face when you see them be able... Kids, when you get a present, does it make you happy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely it makes you happy. And no parent or no person around someone like that wants to see them left without it. Well, it is God's perfect gifts. He gives us these gifts. Look at Matthew 7:11 in the King James. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more... Shall your Father, which is in heaven, give you good things, give good things to them that ask Him? Now, is healing a good thing? 
is healing something good. Is there anybody that would ever think of healing as something bad? That he would look at you and he'd say, that's not good. You shouldn't desire to be well. Or tell their child, oh, no, you keep that bellyache. Huh? You shouldn't be asking me to be well. What parent would tell their child that? They wouldn't. What they would tell them is, sweetheart, if I could take it away from you and take it for myself, I would. I would take it and and not make you have to take it. And that's the way our Heavenly Father is even greater than that. said, even more than you being an evil parent. How much more would your Heavenly Father do it for you? Give good things to them that ask Him. Well, I want us to do that very thing. I want us to ask Him on behalf of our kids. Can we do that? How many of you have children here and in Branson. If you would put Branson on the screen for me. How many of you in here are there have children with symptoms of any kind in their body or on the internet? Stand up. Internet, here, there. I don't care if the kids are in this room or some of these people that said your child will be healed as you go. Their kids weren't even with them when it happened. I don't care where the scenario is. If you've got children in the nursery, go back there and get them. If you've got children, you know, that you can get your hands to and get close to you, get them, both here and there in Branson. But if you've got children that have any symptom, I don't care if it's from not sleeping at night to taking drugs to whatever it is, it's time tonight to get them free from those conditions, whatever those symptoms are. I don't care if it's a deformity. I don't care if it's whatever it is. How many of you believe what the Word says just here? It said, put it back up on, well, we can't. Leave leave them up. Sorry, go back to Branson. Keep Branson up. It says, if you then being evil, have you ever messed up? Absolutely. Know how to give good gifts to your children. You ever give anything good to your kids before? Absolutely. How much more... Shall your heavenly, shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask Him? Now I want to read you one more verse. And we can take Branson off the screen for just a minute. And then we're going to do something. Keep standing there. Keep standing here. Ephesians 3.18 in the Living Bible. It says that you may be able to feel and understand as all God's children should. How long, how wide, how deep, how high His love really is. And to experience this love for yourself. Though it is so great that you will never see the end of it or fully know it, or fully understand it. And so, at last, you will be filled up with God Himself. Now glory be to God by His mighty power at work within us who is able to do more than we could ever dare to ask or even dream of 
infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. Now get it in your hearts and minds, here and there. Put Branson back on the stream. What your highest prayer or desire or hope or thought would be for your child. And he is able and will do exceeding abundantly above all you dare ask or think. Why? Because of his deep love for us. Because he loves us that much. He's already done it. So we're going to ask him for it. Are you standing there? Dave, stand up in front of the guys there, and we'll, you'll represent there. Uh, the guys are coming out here. If you're up here and you're bleeding for your kids, stand out in front here so there's a difference in you. We want to just stand before the Lord, and we want to ask Him. You know, things don't come from man. They come directly from God. So every person that is around these people, do you believe God cares about these kids? All right. I want you to just bear ever so gently put your hand on these people. It's not from us. It doesn't, nothing comes from us. We're going to ask God. Everything comes from Him. From the Father of Lights, watching on the internet, who's ever in the house with you, if it's just family, put your hands on that person. If it's the child, if it's the mother, if it's the dad, it said mother's asked, dad's asked. And I want us to ask together. Say this after me. Father, we are your children. And we are healed. And we thank you that you will show us everything we need to see and everything we need to know in regard to this healing. I thank you now that I call... My child healed from the top of their head to the soles of their feet from this day forward. You are no respecter of persons. What you did then, you're doing now. I claim it. I receive it. It's mine. Now thank him for it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now again, it doesn't matter what was wrong with that child. Brother Hagen used to say it like this. Keep the switch of faith turned on. When you look at them, do, when you got saved, did you ever not 
feels saved. Huh? Ever? Saved is healed. Do you understand it differently? It's the same thing. They are healed. Doesn't matter what you see. You may see in your own body that you're doing something that doesn't represent a saved person. Have you ever said something that you shouldn't have said or done something that a saved person shouldn't have done? Did it mean you were not saved and you were going to hell? No. Absolutely not. It's the same way with healing. Just because you, ha- you see something or you feel something does not mean that you're not healed. It's the very same word. Now, I want us to do something else. You can be seated for just a minute. And I want us to continue this for just a minute. Romans 8, 15 says this. For you have not received the spirit of bondage and again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby you cry, Abba, Father. How many of you in here didn't stand up because you have a child sick and you thought, well, this was a wasted service for me? I don't have a child that's sick. Guess what? You are a child. You are God's child. You know what? I never stopped being my mother's little girl. To this day, I'm my daddy's little girl. And every time he sees me, he says, how you doing, Phil? Oh, you look good. You look okay. You look like you're feeling okay. You look, the other day, you got, you didn't look like you felt good. What, what was going on? What's going on? You're doing too much? Whatever. Daddy's little girl. Are you still your mama's little baby? It doesn't matter how old you are. She still treats you that way sometimes. You go into her house and she treats you like you're, you're her. Yeah, uh-huh. Dan's shaking his head, yes. Doesn't matter how old you are, you're still mama and daddy's little boy or little girl. Well, guess what? You have a father that you will always be his child. And in his eyes, you may not ever be any more grown up than one of these guys. And you have healing working in your body and can work in your body just exactly like one of these. He will not turn you down for healing anymore. He sees you just exactly the way we see one of these kids. And he wants us healed the very same way that we would like to see one of these kids healed. Let me read you this other verse. I thought it was really good. It says, God's spirit touches our spirit. It's the Message Bible, 816. And confirms who we really are. We know who he is. And we know who we are. Father and children. Does your father care if you're having nightmares and can't sleep? Huh? Does your father care if you have a gallbladder problem? Does your father care if you have cancer? 
Is cancer harder than death? Huh? Is cancer harder than seizures? Or is uh, tumors harder than death? Nothing is harder to God than the other. So it doesn't matter anything that's going on in your body. It doesn't matter if you've been having many strokes. It doesn't matter if you've been having fevers. It doesn't matter if you've been having uh, a stroke down one side of your arm and you can't use your hand. It doesn't matter if you've been having numbness. It doesn't matter if you've been having, uh, you can't eat. It doesn't matter what your symptoms are. And the thing about it is, just like what we said about the kids, it doesn't matter if you did something dumb. It doesn't matter how many times you did something dumb. Your mother or your dad is still going to want you well. Sure, they're not going to be happy about the dumb thing that you did, but they're not going to want you sick, and they're not going to leave you sitting out there on the doorstep to bleed to death because you tried to catch a fish with your hands and slid down on a rock and slice your wrist open. You want me to tell you the other story? He'll tell you all these at some point, but he don't usually put them all together. I'll tell them to you all together. <laughs> I think he was 12 years old. He'll say, Phil, why didn't you tell stories about you? Because they're not as fun. <laughs> right? Yeah, let him tell stories about me, right? He was 12 years old. And he was working at, I guess, a gas station kind of thing. And they had this old truck. And he was driving this old truck. And he wasn't supposed to be driving. He was 12 years old. And he was taking it back to somebody, their car back to him or something, and he wasn't supposed to be driving at all. And this truck was so old that it had so much slack in the steering, he said you could turn it, you know, like half the way around again before it would turn. Well, he went over this bridge, and he was driving way, way, way too fast. And he flew out the window of the truck. The truck flipped over. I mean, he has got a scar on his back like it looks like I don't know what. It's about that wide, you know. And when it threw him out of the truck, it threw him up against a tree. And he was sitting up against the tree like he was just sitting out there relaxing like you'd have a piece of straw in your mouth. But he was blind. And the police came up to him, and they saw, people saw him out there, and they came up to him and asked him his name, and he told him somebody else's name. It had totally affected him. Now, his mother and daddy didn't want him driving that truck. I think he had been warned not to. I think he had been told not to do that. Disobedient. Didn't do what his parents told him to do. But do you know what? His parents still loved him enough to get him to the hospital and take him there and make sure he saw every doctor that he was supposed to see and get his sight back and get his back sewed up and get the blood clot in his leg healed up and go and buy him some crutches and do all the things that they had to do and love him anyway, even though he was disobedient. 
and did everything that he wasn't supposed to do. Now, does your father love you that much? Did he tell you when you were saved, just because you messed up, you weren't saved anymore? Huh? Did he say, just because you said a cuss word or just because you told a lie or just because you did something dumb or you had an affair or you did any of these things that you were not saved anymore? He didn't tell you any of that stuff. He said, you're saved. If you screw up and you mess up, confess 1 John 1, 9, and your sins will be forgiven. It is the exact same thing. If you mess up, you're still healed. You can still be healed. You can still be well. You don't have to be perfect to receive what God has for you. You don't have to wait on somebody to say you're doing everything right to have what God wants you to have. If you wait on that, there's not going to be anybody in the whole wide world that will ever be able to be a witness for the Lord because there's nobody perfect but Jesus. He's the only perfect one. So when God sent Jesus for us, He did it with a reason in mind because He knew you were going to mess up. He knew we were going to do dumb things. He knew we were going to say and do things that would cause us to feel like we didn't earn something. Well, guess what? You can't earn it. You cannot earn salvation. It's not by your works. It's by your faith. And it is the very same way with your healing. You cannot earn your healing by you being a good person. You cannot earn your healing because you did everything right. You cannot earn your healing because you said five good things about this person and didn't say anything bad about this person. Salvation is not by works. It is by faith. So just as much as you are saved by faith, guess what? You're healed by faith. It is the very same faith that you get saved with that you're healed with. And it doesn't matter how bad you've messed up, that very same power of salvation power is healing power. And it's at work in your body now. All you have to do is say, wake up to it. How many of you said you were saved? How many of you has the devil tried to say, you're sick. You got this symptom. You got that symptom. You got this symptom. You got that symptom. Stand up on your feet. Let's stomp him in the ground. Are you ready? Stand up on your feet in Branson. We should be a witness for the Lord with our healing. We should be a witness that people that normally get the flu this time of year or normally get the cold this time of year or normally get cancer or normally get this, we're able to stand. The reason that so many people can't stand is because they're trying to buy it back. And you're never going to be good enough to buy your healing. You can't pay the bill. 
If there was a hospital bill that you had to pay to get your healing back, you would not be able to afford it. Because it's already been paid. The price has already been paid. It was too expensive for you. You couldn't afford it. So somebody came and paid your hospital bill for you ahead of time and let you go and get all your things taken care of and it's done. It's done. Your bill has already been paid for. Whatever it costs, it's already been paid for. All you got to do is say, I take my treatment now. It's done. I take it now. Are hospital bills expensive? Absolutely. But it's paid for. It's yours. Healing. Close your eyes. Lift one hand up to heaven. Say, Father, Father, I cannot cannot buy my healing. healing. It's already been bought. I'm not trying to buy my healing. You already did it for me. I just receive it now. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I take it in now. And I thank you, Father, that I sense God's healing power working in my body, driving out weakness, driving out infirmity, driving out anything that the devil tried to put on me. I receive it all, receive it all. Now. now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Now, thank him, for it. Thank, thank you, 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 Lord. Now, the next time that the devil comes and tries to tell you, you don't deserve it, you can't have it, or tries to tell a mother that her child is going to be sick or needs to be sick for any reason, what do you tell him? Healed. Anybody that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be healed. And all you got to do is say, Lord, I'm healed. How hard is that? Huh? How hard is it? That's what the devil's trick is. He tries to make everything hard. And it's not. Say it again. Lord, Lord, I'm healed. healed. Lord, Lord, I'm saved. Lord, Lord, I'm healed. Lord, I'm saved. Lord, I'm healed. Anybody that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be See, you got confused. You didn't know which one to say. Because it's the same one. And that's the way it should be. Don't let the devil rack you over the head anymore. He don't get you up every morning and tell you you're not saved, does he? So don't let him get you up every morning and tell you you're not healed. Right? Glory to God.